WBNE. Hello and welcome to episode 120, all about The Hobbit, The Battle of Five Armies, part two, being the 120th part of That's What I'm Talking About. My name is Mary Clay. If that's too complicated for you, just call me MC. And today I am joined by Jesse and Lark of the Gailey Prophet and other hashtag Ruthless Productions projects. Welcome, guys. Hello. Hello. Thank you so much for, for coming on. I know that you guys are both fans of various fantasy and, and other nerdy worlds such as Harry Potter. So I reached out to see if you were interested in coming on and you were. So thank you so much for being here. Um, would you guys like to tell me and also the listeners what your history is with Lord of the Rings and Tolkien or, or whatever it is and how you or if you win whatever you first watched it, read it, whatever it was. So I didn't get into Lord of the Rings until the movie mostly because they came out while I was in high school. A lot of my other nerd friends were really excited about it because they'd already read Lord of the Rings. And so I tried to read The Fellowship and I'm like, this is taking me four months to get through just 20 Mm -hmm. pages of description (laughs) of mountains. But I mean, after I watched the first movie, I'm just like, well, now I got to read all of this. This is great. Um, And so, I mean, I've seen... Oh, well, I think I've seen all the in theaters except for this, except for the Battle of uh, the Five Armies, because I really did not like that. You are you are not the first person to say, oh, Battle of Five Armies is the one I didn't see in theaters because I had no desire to spend money on it. So you're definitely not the first person to say that. Which is actually too bad because I ended up watching the whole movie this afternoon. And I'm like, oh, this is actually better than the first two ones, even though... According to, Interesting. Ro- according to Rotten Tomatoes, this is the one that note that like is it in the top two fifty or either IMBD or Rotten Tomatoes or something. I think it has like it's the lowest Rotten Tomatoes score of all of the Hobbit movies and Lord of the Rings movies, and it is also the only Middle Earth Peter Jackson movie that did not get an Oscar nomination for digital effects, which. Is fair. Super, super fair. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I don't know how the other two Hobbit movies did get a nomination. Yeah, so. the CGI in this movie, I'm just like. Interesting. It's yeah, really it's a rough. very interesting. Yeah, choice. it's just like, where, did you guys like run out of money? Like, what? <laughs> they, oh boy, it's a whole thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I was, I, I definitely was used to reading today about like all the Peter Jackson bills. There's a lot of uh, studio interference. And I'm like, for what? It's Lord of the... It's going to make a billion dollars. Like, why have any kind of interference? They knew. They're like, we're, these nerds are going to come see these movies, whether it's one movie or 10 movies. So why not make a bunch more movies than we need to? And we'll make a lot of money. I mean, and I guess they did, supposedly. I don't I don't know. Um, so did you ever read The Hobbit at all? Or did you just watch um, or just read Lord of the Rings? Yes, I have read The Hobbit. And just because of what a... Uh, 
I think The Hobbit is actually a tighter story than Lord of the Rings because there's less oh, yeah. flowery descriptions. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, uh, it's been, like, years since I've reread the whole series of Lord of the Rings, but I've definitely, like, reread The Hobbit, like, five years or so. Um, which is why it's disappointing that these movies are three movies and not just, I like, know. a solid, like, two, like, a two and a half or three hour just, like, Ocean's Eleven-esque heist movie. Yes, that would be, that would have been excellent, but alas, this, I is, know. What we, this is what God gave us to deal with. <laughs> Truly, we're in the worst timeline. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, Lark, what about you? Uh, my mom read My Brother and I, The Hobbit, when I was a kid. And then I think I did a book report on it in like eighth grade. Then I was assigned a fellowship as part of a lit class in high school. And so I tried really hard to read it, but it's really boring, like Jesse <laughs> said. Um, actually, I feel like you were, MC, were tagged in a TikTok by, I think, Tom Cardi that was an incredible, uh, yes. summary of that <laughs> movie. Yes, I, so I actually tried, I tried going down the rabbit hole of finding him to see if I could contact him to get him on the podcast because he, he did a great it's summary. so accurate. <laughs> Listeners, I'll, I'll leave a link in the description if you haven't heard, but it's basically just like a parody song and it's like, walk 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 we did some walking (laughs) yeah so that's how i felt about it trying to read it as a 14 year old i was like i can't um but my teacher was very into it hence him assigning it in the class so like i had to otherwise i'd like fail i think i got a d on that test so um (laughs) it was not until adulthood that i Mm -hmm. read it again (sighs) i had like background absorbed the movies i think because my brother watched them all the time but i don't like in general don't like watching movies based on books and I definitely don't like watching them before I've read the book if I ever intend to read the book and so it was like I would just like see shots of New Zealand and be like that looks pretty you know but I didn't really Mm -hmm. watch them until I think years and years after they came out once I had read all of the books and yeah I reread the books sometimes when I'm trying to fall asleep at night I have to read books that like I know it well enough that they won't keep me awake and I actually hadn't reread The Hobbit until you invited us to come on this show and then I reread the whole book and I'm really glad that I did because I've been missing out it's great oh that's awesome so when you eventually did watch Lord of the Rings did you feel like was it disappointing compared to the books? How I would say how most book to movie, you know, adaptations are. Or um, were you like pleasantly surprised at all? I was pleasantly surprised. Unlike the Harry Potter movies, which I hate <laughs> with my entire soul. Uh, the Hobbit movies, on the other hand, I watched yeah. the first one in theater. Uh, my partner and my mom and my brother all went like shortly after it came out. And we all left and we're like, the f- did we just watch like (laughs) (laughs) what has happened and then I swore that I would never watch the second two I still haven't watched the second movie but I watched oh wow interesting from the beginning until minute 101 of the third movie in honor of of you so but I didn't I didn't finish it I was tired it was boring (laughs) that's okay yo that's okay so okay so Jesse when you watched it um, was that the first time? Because you didn't see it in theaters. Yeah, that was, was my first time watching this movie. Was literally four hours. Four hours. <laughs> if I had known that you guys hadn't seen it, I would not have made you watch it for this podcast. I would have been like, "No, you keep that purity in your life." Like, I'm I don't very, need to bring that evil. Very to you. excited to talk about 
like this whole situation wow. actually so well thank, well well thank you i'm very honored that you at, that you both at last watched some aspect of this um lark i would i don't know if implore is the right word because it's not that strong i enjoy desolation of smaug a lot more than battle of five armies so if you it's not that bad you just gotta go in (laughs) with no expectations and also if you at all if you at all like bard then you'll really love desolation of smog because i mean i like his face it's all bard just being in my opinion the best character because he's just so humble and we see a lot of that and in the in honor of such a man of honor that like what the rest of the characters around him do is something that like would never occur to him anyway getting ahead of myself (laughs) (laughs) all right look i could try to summarize the pure nonsense that is the ensuing five minutes of battle of five armies but i just don't know people okay i don't have all the answers but it comes down to galadriel around and saruman fighting the necromancer and wraith ghosts while radagast saves gandalf with his rabbit ambulance one of my future guests coined that term and it's so brilliant i'm putting it in here then galadriel turns into the girl from the ring and they defeat the necromancer slash sauron but are very aware that whatever they did which again i don't know wasn't a permanent fix so saruman's like don't worry i got this spoiler alert he did not got this all right back to the original plot of the movie and uh uh-oh thorin's lost it he's driving himself and the other dwarves mad looking for the arkenstone which bilbo contemplates giving to thorin but balan explains that the stone would just make everything worse meanwhile the lake town survivors made it to dale and thorin's all literally how dare they seek refuge after their town was destroyed by the dragon that we woke up and pissed off and also my suffering was worse than theirs so they're gonna have to struggle to survive just like we did so they begin to barricade the entrance to erebor thranduil comes to dale with an army and fresh supplies for the villagers and bard is like finally one person who isn't motivated by greed or vengeance and is just helping people out of the kindness of their heart except no thranduil really wants that starlight necklace back bard goes to the gates to talk to thorin because he's the best character and believes that thorin will hold up his end of the bargain and share the treasure with lake town like he promised oh sweet sweet naive bard obviously that doesn't happen and bard wonders if they're really going to go to war over a handful of jewels which yes yes they are as everyone prepares for battle and gandalf makes haste for the lonely mountain on a horse that is not shadowfax thorin gives bilbo a mithril shirt and confides in him that he thinks one of the dwarves is lying to him about the stone bilbo decides that thorin's too far gone to make any sensible decisions and sneaks out to dale he offers up the arkenstone as a bargaining chip in order to avoid an all-out war and save the dwarves that he supposedly likes despite the fact that he goes on to list about 15 reasons why dwarves are annoying so um this part of the movie (laughs) i'm so sorry because this first scene is so absurd and okay so we go and see what gandalf is up to and he and radagast are somehow communicating with each other i'm not sure how they're both like muttering enchantments or spells of some kind i do have to say that this scene feels very indicative of this movie in which no one is going in with backup it's like another person isn't backup <laughs> like you need like 10 people that's like an accurate maybe amount get some of backup. more people here to help <laughs> i know there's apparently not that many wizards in this world but you could have like could have grabbed some humans you could have grabbed like some 
anyone. They grabbed really? all the ones that they have. Right. <laughs> all three of actually that's a lie. There's apparently blue wizards, but fun fact, they didn't have rights to the blue wizards because those are named in the Silmarillion and they did not have rights to the content from the Silmarillion when they were making these movies. Interesting. So we will not be getting a Peter Jackson similar similar, whatever is pronounced (laughs) movie. Um, That is theoretically supposedly what the Amazon Prime series will be about is it'll cover I don't know if it will cover from like front to back exactly like what happens in the Silmarillion but I think it's going to pull content from there so maybe we will get to see who these blue wizards are but for now we just got the three and this rant this orc comes in and whenever these orcs show up it just is always so loud they're just always yelling (laughs) and I'm like can we just tone it down a bit like my volume is blaring right now and he's like spells won't save you now old man and then pulls Gandalf out of the cage for some reason and then like right as Gandalf basically is about to die or whatever Galadriel shows up and she is like all in her pure white it's very much like the aesthetic of like Victorian ghost in a haunted and like an abandoned haunted like 16th century castle um, which I'm I'm all about that aesthetic I just like to imagine that that is what it feels like when Kate Blanchett just walks into her room <laughs> oh my god yeah <laughs> just <laughs> Just like, oh my god, who is this? Do you guys see the lady in white? (laughs) Yeah, that's Kate Blanchett. Oh my god, I thought it was a ghost. I heard the doorman talking about ghost stories in this building. That's just Kate Kate Blanchett. We're so lucky to be in her presence. Rolling up to like fight this orc in like elf couture. It's like, oh yeah, it's like... This is a better outfit than things I saw in the Met Gala, like, uh, like you know, this past year. It's like, yes. Um, what you actually didn't see is that on the back of her dress, um, it said, tax the rich. Um, <laughs> they just cut around that. They, they decided that was kind of an off-color thing to come from an elf who is the richest who, of the rich. Who owns one of the three rings, the only rings, three rings. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, Ghost, the lady in white herself, uh, Galadriel shows up. Yeah, and so she goes to save Gandalf, who is like on the floor dying or whatever. The orc says something like, you know, white light alone is not enough. And she says, I am not alone. <laughs> kind of corny. It's a bit it's a bit corny for my taste, but whatever. Um, I mean, this whole this whole ensuing scene is just a bit much so it is what it is it's a big mess is what it is <laughs> well you, you didn't like uh daddy elrod and uh Saruman showing up to like fight ghosts i just kept writing why like every time someone new like showed up especially because i haven't seen the second movie and i haven't seen the first movie since 2012 i'm like yeah. this whole side plot i'm like what is this all doing here and so like every new person that came on i was like I know that there's a side plot here, but like, why? It's like a deeper existential why. Like, why? The Hobbit, this Gandalf's character in The Hobbit really excels in the book where we're limited to the perspective of Bilbo and it's funnier that Gandalf just disappears 
and does not show up again <laughs> until the climax of the book. And Bilbo's like, where the f*** have you been? <laughs> and Gandalf's like, don't worry about it. <laughs> and then like towards the very end, he makes like, I think it's maybe like one paragraph worth of explanation of like what he was up to. And he does explain that he was dealing with this growing darkness and something called the necromancer. And then Elrond is like, yes, that's all like good and well that you dealt with that. But I'm sure we haven't seen the last of it. And then that grew into Sauron or what we knew to be Sauron and Lord of the Rings. And so in the movies, when we're jumping between perspectives, it would be weird to just not show Gandalf at all until I mean but then again I mean they do that in two towers he disappears and then he shows up but I guess that's only for like you know a third of one movie rather than like a third of an entire trilogy we unfortunately do have to see everything that he's up to uh, <laughs> yeah, on the that, Gandalf side and it of has the to be a ninja battle at the top of the tower. <laughs> okay, for the record, I actually did sort of like seeing the ring waith spirits before they become the like creepy dementorish waith the rings. The only yeah. thing that I could think about when they're like, it just it looked like that TikTok filter where you like have yourself and then it's like mirrors of yourself going fanning <laughs> out behind you. And you like dance and they all dance. I was like, that's that's what the ring wraith looked like. Also, that's fair. I can't write ring wraith without putting W's in front of both of them. I learned today. <laughs> it's a hard, yo, it's a hard. Do you know how many hard names and lands and people there are to say in, the, so in this series? It's so hard. Yeah, so all these ghosts show up. Um, these are the ghosts of the ring wraiths, but they don't look like ring wraiths yet. They are just in their past like forms of of men elrond shows up i will say he it is really cool to see him in that battle gear because we don't see and this is the first time it occurred to me he doesn't do a damn thing in all of lord of the rings (laughs) (laughs) he's like y'all can come hang out at my home and have this meeting but that's about it i'm not that's i'm not getting involved with any of this i'm gonna gaslight my daughter into going into the undying lands and that's about it yeah so he shows up and he's in his like armor battle mode which i think does look cool um it's nice to see that look on him saruman shows up which is just a huge I just laugh anytime he does anything in this scene because I'm like well this is useless because we know what you're gonna do so (laughs) none of this matters I will say for a minute I was like how dare they do that like fake CGI post-modern CGI shit for Christopher Lee and then I realized this is his last movie and I'm like damn yeah (laughs) um I don't yeah I wasn't uh shoot I can't find I read a whole bunch of trivia about like this wasn't necessarily like his last movie. Like he might, he may have filmed some other things, or like the order in which like things were released or versus filmed. But yeah, this was one of the he he died like the year after this premiered, um, and I believe he and Ian Holm actually both of them filmed all of their stuff on like a soundstage in the UK or wherever they were living because they were um, they were too old to travel to New Zealand which I'm a 26 year old 
young woman and New Zealand is a long way to travel. <laughs> so I get that. Hell yeah. <laughs> Just it's as like, a 26 year old. So <laughs> right. Especially you're like, what, like 95 and you're like, I've been doing this literally longer than all y'all have been alive. You better build a South station near my house <laughs> and I will be there for four hours a day. And then that'll be it. And then I'm clocking out. Right. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So El- meanwhile, Elrond and Saruman, not Sauron, are fighting these ghosts, which I don't understand the physics of, because if they're ghosts, how can they, like, be fit? Like, they're physically, like, clinging shields and swords, and at one point, Saruman, like, pushes one off of a cliff, and I'm like, but they're ghosts. What's happening? It is very, it is very (laughs) confusing. It is very bewildering. Yeah, I don't fully understand it and also all of like what they do to fight them doesn't matter because they like appear again later just a couple just a couple minutes later so yeah whatever meanwhile Galadriel and Gandalf are having this like weird another like weird intimate moment super weird a a reminder that they had this in Unexpected Journey they're talking about um, why Gandalf chose Bilbo and then Gandalf uh, Galadriel goes over to Gandalf and tucks a piece of his hair behind his ear. <laughs> I, I never knew like what to make of that scene. Um, and I'm like, are they trying to like imply some kind of romance? Are they imply are they just showing like how close their friendship is? I don't know, whatever. So they're having another one of these like weirdly intimate moments. Um, Galadriel's like trying to wake up Gandalf and then she kisses him on the forehead and that wakes him up. I don't know how. It felt sort of like a transfer of energy sort of thing. Like she gave him some of what she had left, which is why she was all like, oh, I'm laying all down because I'm tired now. I was wondering that too. Yeah, because later on she's literally just like lying on the ground. I'm like, get up, (laughs) do something. It felt very like everyone knows that lady elves can only fight one time. One time, yeah. (laughs) Which happens again in this movie, which I am deeply upset about. I'm like, are you guys... Look, we like we'll get there. Um <laughs> I sorry, I just I just think I just think the little bit of between Gadriel and Gadoff is a little bit weird. I'm like you clearly you guys are both clearly queer. So like what are you what are you what are you it trying is. to show us? I'm like what? <laughs> like, you you nothing you, out of sexual right. about either of them. You yeah. right. You are you're not wrong. <laughs> yeah. Even, you're not wrong. Even in like the Lord of the Rings text, Galadriel and Celeborn is like clearly, clearly not a romantic or sexual marriage. Also, that is true. Why are they trying to like set up if they are trying to like hint at some kind of romantic thing? Yeah, Galadriel has a husband. She does. I don't I don't know if the elves are like, no, I, I think they are monogamous because Elrond makes such a big deal about um Arwen wanting to be with Aragorn because they because elves like mate for life and then he would have died early or something I don't know whatever anyway yeah it's weird it's off putting um and I have never I don't think I've had a single guest on yet who's like oh yeah I know how to explain this so Peter Jackson said that he wanted to do xyz you know everyone's just kind of like I don't know. <laughs> it's it's just some compulsory heterosexuality when you don't need it. Like, I mean, not that you ever need it in 
pop culture and like media, but like as much as you're just like, but for what? <laughs> I don't know. He's if literally dying. Like, I don't what get my happening? compulsory heterosexuality in every form of media. <laughs> I do die. Um, <laughs> so then Radagast comes in with that that damn sleigh of bunnies. Okay, uh, I love I, I love the rabbit yes. sleigh. <laughs> I get it. I get it. I think it's so stupid. And I think Tolkien. Well, that's the thing, though. I can't decide, given that he created Tom Bombadil, I can't decide if we were like, hey, Tolkien, they made Radagast the Brown drive around this sleigh that's pulled by bunnies. I don't know if he would be like, I can't believe like blasphemy or if he would be like, that's hilarious. That's awesome. <laughs> How did I not think to write more rabbits into my yeah, into my exactly. books? Yeah. Oh, I totally forgot to mention the dumbest thing in this entire section, which is Galadriel deadlifting Gandalf. <laughs> <laughs> and it looks so dumb. And I I like burst out laughing the first time I saw it, and I was just like, this looks so ridiculous this is so ridiculous no one has ever established that like galadriel has like brute force strength to lift a fully grown completely dead weight wizard it looks so dumb okay here it is yeah so for the scene where galadriel is picking up gandalf a dummy of sir ian mckellen was used first of all i find that hilarious because Without this fact, it implies that Kate Blanchett just <laughs> deadlifted Ian McKellen. <laughs> um, and they named the dummy Michael Gambin. It was even included with the name on call sheets as seen in the appendices documentary because Gambin and McKellen were sometimes mistaken for one another. So they made a dummy of Ian McKellen and they named it Michael Gambin. Which is there you go. very fine to me, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Galadriel just, I'm never going to get over that image. It's so ridiculous. What happens? Yeah, so she lifts him again and puts him on the sleigh and Radagast carries him off. And Gandalf's all like, come with me, which was really oh, yeah. weird. <laughs> weird. Yeah, yeah. it was so real weird. weird. It's like, no, someone's got to stay here and do something because Saruman has the backbone of an eclair and... <laughs> That was a John Mul- that was a John Mulaney joke. That was a John Mulaney joke. That was not an original joke from me. Um, I want to be clear. Um, and Elrond is trying his best, so someone's got to stay here and do something. Sauron slash the Necromancer, the like dark shadowy figure, or whatever comes up, and then we get that Eye of Sauron effect, and then the ghost wraiths kind of like fall in line with him it, as like the the like flame this is so hard to describe <laughs> in an audio medium but it makes the eye of sauron <laughs> whatever then galadriel this... straight up turns into the girl from the ring yes! i was just <laughs> thinking that exactly. thank you thank you i laughed for i had to pause that the was... movie because i was laughing so hard when i tell you my first the first time i watched this movie i was just like up till now i was like okay whatever this is cool and then this part this battle comes in and i was just like what is happening and she it maybe wouldn't have it maybe wouldn't have been so jarring if we like slowly see her turn into it but she literally 
just like slowly rises up into the frame and she looks like Samara. Uh, listeners, if you have never seen The Ring, if you were not, if you were not a teenager and or adult in the like mid 2000s, you know, <laughs> um, calling your friends and saying you're going to die in seven days. I have never the seen ring. The Ring, and I know what the girl <laughs> oh, from The haven't? Ring looks like. Hell no, I don't watch horror movies. <laughs> so I, I feel like whatever people are imagining, even just from like the vaguest cultural zeitgeist knowledge, it's like that is that is correct. That's what she looks like. She looks drowned. Yes, exactly. It's like the girl who crawls out of the well, and then she crawls out of the TV, and she has hair all in her face, and she's in like a white nightgown. She looks exactly like that girl. And it's also even funnier because I'm like I get it because she's you she is using her ring really now in the middle of my podcast she looks like the girl from the ring and she is using her ring and I hate how that connects <laughs> <laughs> again That's incredible it's fine. We have to wait it out with Jesse all the time, too. She lives, like, right God. around the corner from a fire station. Yeah, Galadriel looks ridiculous. And then her voice effect, oh, I think, is even <laughs> stupider. You have no power. Yeah. It's not scary, and it just sounds like Kate Blanchett is doing this by herself. And is like, you dare disturb me? <laughs> and it's like... No, no, Kate, Kate, you don't have to. We're going to do that in post. And then they were like, ah, don't worry about it. She did a good enough job, I guess. <laughs> it's, I feel like this, the the CGI, the whole situation is made worse by the fact that they did it with CGI instead of with makeup. Because, like, at least the girl from the ring looks scary because, like, they made that actor look like that in, in yeah. makeup, you know? But this is, like, all CGI. <clears throat> so it just looks... Like, it's supposed to be scary. You know, like... She reminds me of from one of the scary movie parodies... Yes. ...doing yeah. The Ring. Yes. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. The, C- the CGI is a, just a disaster. Speaking of which, we get another epilepsy warning um, where Sauron, the Eye of Sauron is, like, flashing in and out really quick in the in the screen, and it just, like... It's just so jarring, and I'm like, we that's a lot. We don't need that. <laughs> and yeah, she, uh, Gladriel, whatever, uses ring magic and banishes him, and he flies off into the east. <laughs> I've had sure, I've, I've struggled with the direction that Mordor is in this entire podcast, so it's been two years and I haven't learned the directions yet. They definitely said east, and we're like, we need okay, to warn great. Gondor, so excellent. Yeah, they're like. Oh, shoot. He's in the east. We haven't seen the last of him. Elrond is like, we need to go warn Gondor. And I'm like, yeah, that'll go over well. Because <laughs> um, I don't know. Um, I'm trying to think. Denethor might not be the steward at this point. It might be his father still at the time that this is going on. So maybe it would have gone over better if they had been like, hey, you should watch out for Mordor and, Sar- and Sauron and everything. Uh, Saruman is like, tells Elrond, like, no, you don't worry about it. You you take care of Galadriel. She needs to like go back to Rivendell or whatever and heal. He's like, leave Sauron to me. Like she did, she did magic and she's a lady. She's tired. We have to carry her home. Although to be fair, she is, she's the only woman. She's one of two women <laughs> in this 
this whole franchise. Um, and she is the one who did everything in this scene, basically. You know, I mean, so yeah. at, she does deserve some rest. She does. Let's give her that. But like, wouldn't it just be so nice if she needed to carry L around home? Like, if she took care of <laughs> everything and was like, "Oh, L around, you like hurt your leg. Like, I better get you home, buddy." And because she, and because she has brute force strength. Yes. She can just yes. <laughs> she just like sling like... them over her shoulder. <laughs> it's like under one arm. She just has a tuck there. Gandalf one shoulder Elrond on the other that's the movie she just I want to watch up, she just and they're pulled... just like damn glad you're it's a really big tote bag she pulls <laughs> Ikea bags oh my god yeah, so Sar- Saruman is like, I'll go deal with Sauron. Don't you guys worry about it. We'll have him gone lickety split. Just uh-huh. trust me on this one. I got it. Fast forward 60, 60 years, narrator voice. He did not got it. <laughs> <laughs> Again, maybe you should have taken maybe... Backup. <laughs> some backup. Maybe Elrond could have been like, maybe take one of my elves so I can deal with the f*** you're doing. Like, literally Yeah, maybe anything, so we can... Something. Yeah, and like, of course I don't, you know, he just fought against the Wraiths and Sauron in this battle. So I'm not making this assumption that like, oh, he's going to go deal with Sauron just to double cross them later obviously whatever happens is is when he mm-hmm. is like manipulated to come over to to sauron's side is in this like ensuing whatever 60 years oh um we go back to the forest where radagast um has gandalf who is now magically better so gandalf gets up and i literally wrote down how is gandalf magically better and then i was like oh magic (laughs) (laughs) like he's literally just magically better galadriel healed him and he's like i gotta go to the mountains there's gonna be a battle there it's not gonna be good see you radagast maybe bring radagast maybe bring some more wizards literally backup something <laughs> you're totally right you're totally right they need to bring more backup just can you like bring some humans on your way when you're like on your horse going all the way back to the whatever the, f- the mountain is called like yeah the now. yeah the lonely mountain back in erebor thorin's not doing so great um <laughs> this is a <laughs> this is a very the way that they do the dragon sickness Honestly, in the book as well, it all feels very like abrupt and sudden where it just went from like zero to 60 in in no time. And all of a sudden Thorin is just very much like his demeanor is much harsher and more severe. I really, really would have appreciated like just slower, subtler changes. So then that maybe by the time we get to this scene where he's talking with Balin and Dwalin, I think that's who it is. Um, and he is doubting everyone else because they have not found the Arkenstone. So that by the time we get to this point, it makes sense rather than just like, oh, yeah, that's right. He's cursed or whatever it is. I, I mean, I don't know. I feel like I feel like part of it for me, the way that like he is acting his I've got too much money and now no one is good enough kind of deal. Like it felt it felt a little bit like sort of like Shakespearean tragedy, like Macbeth. Oh, you're yeah. like kind of you're losing touch with reality Mm -hmm. by a situation of your own making i would say but i also just think that like there is some statistical data that shows that being wealthy and having a bunch of money 
changes you as a person in the way that you respond to other yeah. people. So I'm kind of like... I, in, in some capacity, I kind of wish that like this idea of like dragon sickness wasn't a thing and that it was just like man's greed for money you know and like lust for gold is what has changed him but i guess maybe that's too realistic and it's like now we gotta make sure it's it's fake because this doesn't happen in real life no not at all i mean so much of the mythology of middle earth is pulled from norse mythology and dragon sickness is like the curse of fafnir is a thing in norse mythology where like cursed gold literally turns someone into a dragon so i think that that's what Tolkien was doing with dragon. Oh, sickness. I had um, I had no idea that like this idea of dragon sickness and like cursed treasure and everything was something that exists in other mythology. Which like, of course it does. You know, like every time you find it, it's like, of course this existed somewhere else first. You know, yeah, <laughs> everything comes from something else at some point. Right. Yeah, and I mean. All the same, like the point in the Norse mythology too, I think was like greed corrupts. So like, yeah, it's, it's the same thing. It's all just... coming back to the same message. Yeah. I think the other thing that makes it feel really sudden in the movie is that in the books, this is a series of weeks. The, yeah. the holdout, they're just like, well, we're going to like wait them out. Winter is coming. They're going to run out of food. And Thorin's like, they're going to get too cold. And so like, everyone's just like, who's going to That's get, true. Who's yeah. going to give up first, basically. Whereas in this movie, it happens in a night, which is part yeah, of what I like don't like about days. adaptations uh-huh. is that I'm like, you literally turned this into three movies and yet you still had to cram three weeks worth of content into a single day. Really? You can imply yeah. that weeks have Remember, passed. Remember, I'm backtracking on my word earlier where I was like, you should actually watch Desolation of Smaug. I'm remembering um, how they adapted Bjorn and or Bayorn, however you read it. And so on second thought, don't watch Desolation of Smaug. Just don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't do it. Which is, uh, it's a very similar thing. And it's also like, because um, Battle of Five Armies is the shortest of these movies. And it's also a pretty, not like Lord of the Rings universe aside, where it's known for being like, okay, we're on hour three and we're at ending number two. Like, are we anywhere close to actually ending this thing yet? This is a pretty short movie. So it really does surprise me that like they had three movies and that's where like the pacing is just so weird and off where like they rush through some parts and then drag out others and cut things to make room for things that didn't exist to begin with. And yeah, it's all a hot mess. Yeah. 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 So Thorin's gone off the deep end and he's like, if I find out that anyone has taken the Arkenstone and withheld it from me, they will be avenged. And meanwhile, Bill was like, oh, crap. <laughs> I don't have anything in my pocket. <laughs> um, <laughs> Bilbo goes to talk to Balin and is like, who, and, and Balin is very distressed. Uh, I appreciate um, every now and then that like they'll cut to Balin reacting to whatever Thorin's doing because a lot of this time is that like Thorin is doing these things I'm kind of like why are none of the other dwarves stepping up or saying something or even like showing some kind of hesitancy but they do show Balin every now and then being like oh my god I can't believe that like we're doing this again this is awful I don't know like how to stop this I don't know how I would have prevented it and he explains to Bilbo that dragon sickness is what's affecting Thorin and that it drove his grandfather mad. And Bilbo's like, would 
theor- theoretically, if someone had the Arkenstone. Asking for a friend. <laughs> um, <laughs> my friend um, might have the Arkenstone. Theoretically, if we did find the Arkenstone and Thorn had it, would that like cure the sickness? And Balin says, like, no, it would just make it worse. Like, the he wouldn't stop at the Arkenstone. It would just continue and go more and more from there. Um, and I was just like, sweet, sweet Bilbo. Just being like, how can I help my friend who has low-key threatened to cause me harm? <laughs> you know, like... <laughs> I thought that part, that change was really interesting because it, like, gives Bilbo an excuse for keeping the stone. Whereas in mm-hmm. the book, he's just sort of like, this is pretty... Like, his whole reason, really, for, like, escaping and giving giving the stone over is... He's like, I'm hungry and I want to go home. He's cares about his friends, but he's really motivated by being over it. And it, the movie was like, no, he has to have a nobler purpose. And I just am like, but why? Does he? <laughs> can he just not want to go home? Because I yeah. think that's a really legitimate reason to I do it. I really enjoy it. I really enjoy how the Arkenstone played out in the book where the dwarves are chatting and they're like, oh yeah, and the Arkenstone, I wonder if that's in there. Like, that's a really, it's a really pretty jewel. And that's kind of, that. that's all it is. It has none of this, like, the king must have the yeah. Arkenstone, whatever. Also, still, not at any point has one person been like, oh, Thorin, you don't need a stone to be king which is what i really thought would happen <laughs> at some point any point You're and not a single person you know um <laughs> yeah bilbo to in in the book it, he goes back into the treasure room like by himself and he sees the arkenstone and is like oh i guess it is really pretty and takes it yeah. <laughs> and he's like yeah, this is a really cool piece of the treasure. I'm glad it's mine. <laughs> like, whatever, you know? As he he's later on examining, he's like looking down at something in his hands. And I don't know if he actually was looking at the Ark. I, I can't remember if he actually was looking at the Arkenstone. But Thorin sees him around the corner and he storms over and is like, what do you have? And Bilbo pulls out an acorn. And this is something that the entire internet yelled at me about a couple weeks ago because I made a meme on Instagram. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I took, it's from iCarly, um, if you're familiar with the show. Um, (laughs) Spencer walks in and he has a smoothie in one hand and then he also has an ostrich with him. I've seen that meme. Yeah. And they're like, what do you have? And he says, a smoothie. And I made that meme to be Bilbo. This is when I was reading this chapter in the book. And it's like, Bilbo, what do you have? And he has the ostrich is the Arkenstone. And then I had him just say like a mithril shirt because that's what he actually does end up getting. And everyone in the comments was like, you should have said acorn. It's an acorn. The acorn's better. He do- And I'm like, chill. Like, first of all, that's not how it happens in the book. There's no acorn in the book. Uh, second of all, it's an iCarly meme about the Hobbit. <laughs> yeah, not really the place you're looking for, uh, you know, the most accurate, like, literal thing. It's a, it's a meme. Let's just, like, calm down, everyone. Um, so yeah, when this part happened, I was like, oh, the acorn. <laughs> so for, like, mu- for, like, weeks, I was just haunted <laughs> by <laughs> an acorn. Anyway. 
Bilbo um, had taken this acorn from Bayorn's garden and was keeping it so that he would plant it in the Shire. I don't know if like canonically this happens or, or, or if he mentions later on that he plans to do this, but I like to imagine that he planted it and that it grew into the party tree in Bag End. Oh, nice. Yeah. That would be really cool. Yeah. I don't know if that's how fast acorns grow, but... <laughs> well, what is it? Like, it's like 60 years later. Yeah, it's 60 that... years. Yeah. I don't I don't know, like, what it would look like 60 years later, but maybe it's a but magic it's, it acorn. A, it's from Bjorn's garden, right? It's definitely a magic acorn. Yeah, maybe acorn. it's been blessed. Yeah. yeah. Right. And also, I mean, hobbits are small. It could just be a regular sized tree, but they're hobbits. <laughs> that's true. Oh, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> that totally puts it in perspective. That's right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> So sorry, I just started, <laughs> I just started laughing, thinking I'm like, oh my god, hobbits could ha- could uh, like stock their houses with just like children's furniture from IKEA. <laughs> they totally could. Yeah. So Bilbo pulls out the acorn, and Thorin uh, just just sweet, sweet little Bilbo. Um, but also he's totally you know tricking Thorin. Is like it's just an acorn. I don't know what you're talking about. Um. And then we hear someone yelling that the survivors from Lake Town are heading up to Dale and Thorin is not happy about that. And they start like barricading themselves in and Thorin is just so mad. It's like the audacity of these survivors to continue to survive. How dare they move to like safer ground, seek shelter. Right. It's like, how dare Despicable. these? How dare these refugees come and ask for my liter- some of my literal mountain of gold? Like <laughs> Some of which is literally owed to them and some of which belonged yeah. to them in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. Thorne at this moment would fit really well into the uh, being a member of the U.S. government, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a moment uh, coming up shortly, too, where I'll, I'll touch on some of that, too. So we go check in with the Lake Town people and they are arriving in Dale and looking around at the wreckage and the ruin and this is where it really first occurred to me i was like wait a minute the people like lake towns you know ancestors who originally lived in dale they lost just as much as the dwarves and you don't see them starting wars over it they have i think just as much right to reclaim what is theirs or you know rebuild and and start afresh anew and so it it just makes like what happens later on with thorin all the more frustrating where it's like thorin you're not the only one who lost everything like shut up you're (laughs) kind of being the worst right now also there's like literally enough to go around yeah the amount of melted gold that the dwarves all spilled everywhere trying to take out smog is like just scrape that, that up is true. and yeah. melt it back down and you, you everyone wins <laughs> yeah exactly while everyone is like trickling in and like setting you know like the women and children go over here or whatever the worst character in the world alfred starts screaming for uh for bard and he's like sire sire and bard comes running up and is like what <laughs> uh alfred looks over at erebor where he sa- he says something like the bra- the braciers are lit no clue what those are or what that means but they see activity happening it's a thing that holds fire uh is that that's all that's i'm like is it a lantern is it a torch is it's it like a- holds like coals i think 
Oh, like, like a, a like sconce a, like a... that holds coals. Okay, okay. I don't know why I think I know that. I might be entirely wrong. <laughs> my... Oh, you were saying that with I, such authority I know. that I was like, I, I don't I know. I needed I to think... clarify. My tone of voice implied much more confidence than I actually have. No, I, I think you're right. Maybe you've just uh, absorbed it from enough fantasy. That's how I know most things. I just absorb them. And then I'm like, I should check that I actually know that. I Google searched this, except for I don't know how to spell it's this with a word. with Z. No, because that's how brazier is spelled. <laughs> so all I'm getting, I, I typed out B-R-A-C-I-E-R, and all that's coming it's up is just bras. B-R-A-Z-I-E-R, a portable heater consisting of a pan or stand for holding lighted coals. Look at me. I know stuff. Yeah. Okay. All right. I see. That makes sense, what it looks like now. Okay. Anywho, yeah, point being, <laughs> um, Alfred sees activity happening over in Erebor, and that's how they found out that the dwarves survived. Bard's like, oh, great, they can share the treasure that they promised us. Excellent. We go back to the dwarves who are in the process of, of building everything up and barricading themselves in. Keely is like the first one to like really speak up, and it's like, this is dumb. This is ridiculous. We, why are we doing this? They lost things too. Also, also foreign. Your nephew would be dead if Lake Town hadn't taken in. Oh yeah, Lark, for your context, this is going to be the most ridiculous thing because it's such a... <laughs> in Desolation of Smaug, Keely gets shot with a poisoned arrow and then he starts like slowly dying. He and some of the rest of the dwarves stay in Lake Town to heal him and Bard takes them in and then Tariel shows up and heals him and then they fall in love. Um. Anyway. I did catch that in the first 20 <laughs> minutes of this movie where I was like, I don't even understand don't why these dwarves are hot. Much less why one of them is in love with an elf. But I know. Okay, was the whole point wait. of that to like give backstory to why Orlando Bloom is supposed to hate dwarves in The Lord of the Rings? Because like his girlfriend fell in love with a dwarf. That was what I was getting. From Possibly. It. I don't know. I don't even know if they were like girlfriend. I think he was just trying to slide into her DMs. She was like, nah, bro. Well, his, who he wanted <laughs> to be his girlfriend, whatever. <laughs> okay, wait. I, I just to back it up because I feel like. Thorn Orkenshield is hot and I will. This is the hill. Oh, yeah. That's one of my like 12 <laughs> notes that I took was like, what? he's so hot. <laughs> I don't understand. Yeah. They, okay. All right. Fun fact. Benedict Cumberbatch, Orlando Bloom, Kate Blanchett, Martin Freeman, Lee Pace, and Richard Armitage were chosen by the readers of Empire Magazine among the 100 sexiest movie stars in 2013. That's very funny. Richard Armitage totally deserves that. Um, Benedict Cumberbatch looks like an alien, and I think <laughs> everyone on the internet just... I don't think... Thinks, uh, I feel like... No, I, I think he's attractive. I think his voice makes him more attractive than like if his if he didn't have like that sexy of a voice all right i i accept that i don't think he would be that attractive so i don't know who any actor names who does who... oh, okay okay so benedict cumber <laughs> so benedict cumberbatch he doesn't actually appear he voices smaug and the necromancer oh, okay um but neck uh, uh blah, blah, blah. benedict cumberbatch and martin freeman who plays bilbo were 
Sherlock and John Watson in BBC Sherlock. Okay. Orlando Bloom is Legolas. I know who that is. Kate Blanchett is Galadriel. Lee Pace is Thranduil, the the elf who looks like a moose. Um, Who is beautiful, and and I can't wait to talk about him later in this episode. He's like very ethereally, uh, ethereally beautiful. Yeah, we'll return to him later. And then Richard Armitage plays Thorin. Cool. I've spent too much time on Tumblr, especially during the peak of Sherlock, Sherlock to be like. And, yeah. and so mm-hmm. that's, I think, also part of why I can't find Ben Cullen Patrick Chapter where I'm just like, I saw, look at your face too much in 2014. <laughs> I, I understand And now that, I'm like, yeah. I can't. I can't do it. I get that. Also, I guess, now that I think about it, The Hobbit, also, the movies came out in that time period as well. So I'm sure, also, there was a, a section of Tumblr that was just... Because I know... um I forget what they call it, but I know a lot of people ship Bilbo and Thorin, which I do not see. Oh, actually, I, I totally see it. I see it. What? That, like, what's... That... I... Only see it at the very end of the movie. Okay, and... wait. But the bit where Thorn is giving Bilbo the, oh my God, what is it called? Mithril, the Mithril shirt. Mithril yeah. shirt. It's a very tender moment. And I'm like, okay, now kiss. Right? <laughs> it is very, I actually it is might very have said sweet. that out loud while I was watching um, it. I definitely said it out loud. I've I'm been like, yelling that like... at my screen a lot lately. <laughs> <laughs> My partner is like getting sick of it. We're like trying to watch Star Trek and I'm constantly just like, now kiss. They never do. I feel like that's a lot of my television. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Where even were we in the story? I don't remember. Thorns be it. Thorns be a little bitch is probably where it was. Um, oh, that's right. Okay. Yeah. Keely. That's it. <laughs> Keely. Um, speaks up and is like, those people in Lake Town lost everything. And Thorin is like, they know nothing of loss. I've lost more. And I'm like, probably not. They've now lost their town to Smaug twice, you know, because they first they lost Dale. And then as I understand it, I don't know if Lake Town was around at the same time as Dale, but it's my understanding that like Dale was destroyed and then they moved and created Lake Town. And that's why it's like an impoverished village. So like they lost their homes twice. And also you caused it the second time. And he's really just trying to, it's like Thorim, trauma is not a competition. Um, We don't need to compare notes as to who lost more. And also, I firmly believe that it is this scene that made me firmly believe that Thorin would oppose student loan debt forgiveness (laughs) because he would be like, well, I paid my loans off. Why should we forgive those kids' loans when I paid all of mine off? They They have to pay theirs off because I paid mine off. Yeah, I think there's a correct assessment. He would say as he's paying his loans off with this inherited wealth that he just gained access to. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yes, yes. Adding more to this argument. Yes, 100%. Um, So yeah, Thorin's just kind of the worst. Gandalf is rapidly approaching the area on a horse that is not Shadowfax. I did notice that. I keep forgetting that it's not Shadowfax, and every time they show him, like, you know, frantically running on horseback, I'm like, Shadowfax? 
It's not Shadow Facts. It's just a random horse. I also had that same response. And I'm like, oh, yeah, Shadow Facts hasn't been born yet. Unless somehow horses in Middle Earth are also incredibly long lived. What's happening? Oh, yeah. Alfred continues to be the worst because that's right. Okay, the night before, (laughs) I didn't take his detailed notes. So I'm like, how did we get here? Um, The night before, Bard told Alfred to keep watch during the night. Alfred, being the worst that he is, fell asleep during Nightwatch and Bart is like, anything happened? And he's like, nope, nothing gets past me. And then they go outside and in the courtyard is the elven militia. (laughs) And then Thranduil shows up on his elk, majestic as ever. Which is perfect. (laughs) And um, brings aid to the, the people of Lake Town. Alfred is the worst. Yes. Yes. Uh, I definitely dislike, though, that he has, like, some of the worst teeth in the movie. Just because he's a sniveling, evil little weasel doesn't mean you have to give him f***ing up teeth. Like, that's... He just ate too much candy. He didn't brush his teeth. I don't know. Just saying. Sometimes people can look... I don't know. It just seems like... He's a villain, so he has to be quote unquote ugly. He has to have like, bad teeth, and yeah, mm-hmm. it's like really, really y'all. Yeah, regular person looking villains is maybe the best kind of villain to have. <laughs> yeah, because that's how they look in real life, unless yeah. they have dragon sickness, in which case they start looking like Jeff Bezos slash Elon Musk. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, I can't wait. You really need to keep watching the movie because they, I mean, that transformation sequence of Thorin into Elon Musk, it's quite, it, it was just ahead of its time. <laughs> yeah, so the, the elves are here. The elves are here. And what's his name? Bard. Sorry, all of the, ca- we're in the point of the movie where all of the characters are converging and there's just so many to keep track of. Bard is like, wow, so good of you to come help us. I can't believe you're going to fight this battle. And Thranduil is like, no, we're not here to help you we're here because there's a really beautiful necklace in that treasure that i want which is a little bit too real because that is what irl uh, a lot of humanitarian aid looks like it's like we're actually here to help you we're here to take all your natural resources and it's like you could have just helped these people lee pace and not no he's gotta get he's gotta get this necklace for reasons literally the rest of my notes for the the entire thing is why is the elf king mean? Wow, WTF elf king? What TF uh, WTF is up with this elf king? Like, especially because none of this is how it goes in the books. I, like, that's it. Yeah. The rest of what happened, I was like, I don't care about this. But like every time he was on the screen, I was like, what is happening? Why is this the decision that they made for this character? He's so extra i think they wanted i think they needed to like justify the elven king in the book imprisoning the dwarves and so they're like oh okay we'll make him not greedy but we'll make him like overly protective of this like one piece of treasure that i don't think it's ever really it's just like yeah i want this necklace it's like made from the light of a thousand stars or whatever it is they say i don't know but it's like this one thing that thranduil has just become like really greedy for unnecessarily it felt weird because oh sorry go ahead jesse i was gonna say that this is a very gross simplification but so many things happen because people want a piece of jewelry it's like really it's true really (laughs) that's i mean that's how that's lord of the rings yeah (laughs) i guess it is called lord of the rings so i should know that's just people fighting over jewelry that's the plot of that's all tolkien you know what 
that's all Tolkien knew how to write. <laughs> he woke up in a frenzy one one night at like 2 a.m. sweating in a mad fury. He wrote down one word, jewelry. I just, I would love there to be an adaptation of Lord of the Rings where it's just like teenage girls in a Claire's or something. Wow. Million dollar <laughs> idea if we could transport back to 1998. <laughs> That is exactly the kind of movie that was coming out when we were teenagers. That is, that is very true. <laughs> Only if the one ring is one of those. Do you remember those jewelry? It was like spiky, like gel. Yeah, yeah like they're like weird. Kind, they're like kind of like a weird like gummy or like. Yeah, it was yeah. like a gummy texture, but they were spiky. Only if the one ring is like looks like that. It's like bright. It's like neon green and pink. <laughs> You know, yes, (laughs) and and it's that spiky design. Um, Only if it's that, or no, no, it's a mood ring. It's a mood ring. Oh, it's definitely a mood (laughs) ring. Yep, it's a mood ring with a peace sign in the middle. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Or, or it's a I don't know. It's two mood rings, and like they fit together, and they say like BFFs or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then Sauron, Sauron has one ring. And the other one got lost, and that's what he keeps trying to find. Anyway, um, <laughs> the elven army. That's right. Okay, yeah. So they show up. They have all this food and stuff for the the people of Lake Town. And Bard is like, "Oh my god, you're here to help!" And Thranduil is like, "Ha, you think?" Also, Thorin would be absolutely floored right now if he found out because, like, you know, the whole thing is that the elves turned their back on the dwarves during the first Smaug attack, and then now. They're swooping in to help Lake Town after the second smog attack. And Thorin would be pissed out of his mind if he was like, oh, I see you help them, but not us. How dare which, you? Which is kind of a it's kind of a dick move. I, I oh, have to yeah. Say. Yeah. They're all ridiculous. They're all ridiculous. And I think things would have maybe been better if there had been an elven queen or a dwarven queen in charge. Um, just saying, throwing that idea out there. Really, they just needed some better communication between all of them to be like, you yeah, can, you have some common ground. Like, just have a council or something. I don't know. No, that Cr- doesn't happen for another like set like <laughs> hundred years. <laughs> just cre- create the like UN. There's like <laughs> the middle earth isn't the that big. Of, I think the Council of Elrond is as close to the UN as they're ever gonna get. <laughs> I wrote that the, there's like multiple points of this of of it's like, oh, sweet bard, sweet, honorable bard, where he's like, you're going to go to war over a necklace over a head. He says, like, all of this for a handful of gems. And I'm like, yes, bard, of course, all of this for a handful of gems. Have you never met anyone ever? <laughs> it's like it's like hilariously naive. It's I don't know. That's why it's just like, oh, 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 sweet bard. You. Yeah. It's like you, ga- you sweet man. It's like Game of Thrones. Oh, you sweet summer child. <laughs> it's like you just you just have no idea. You have no idea. Yeah. Speaking of having no idea what what's to come, um, Bard is like, it's okay. I can prevent all of this. Thorn and I were buds. He made us a deal, and I'm sure it'll go well. Let me go talk to him. So Bard runs over to Erebor. Thorin is like, you know, get back. We do not wish to be robbed. Bard's like, we're not here to rob you. And Thorin's like, you showed up with an army. And Bard's like, you barricaded yourself in. <laughs> like, this is all a vicious circle, my dude. Um, Let's bring this to an end. They start, like, negotiating and having this conversation. And I 
wonder this is where i think it's just colored by the fact that i low-key hate thorin um i did not enjoy him in the book i wonder if so in lake town the dwarves eventually get discovered and they're like we'll bring back gold and we'll share the wealth of this treasure because lake town this area jail everything was prosperous and it was the center of trade it was thriving so we will share the wealth with you so that you guys the town can improve and rebuild and everything so that's why bard is coming to talk to him and a part of me is like i don't know if thorin ever initially when when he said that if he thought that he actually would do that and that like this tra- dragon sickness just heightened that initial doubt in himself of like, oh, but what if we don't share the treasure? And then they get there and then it gets a thousand times worse to the point where you go to war over it. So yeah, anyway, yeah. Bard's like, does your word mean nothing? Yeah, Bard, it means nothing. <laughs> just another oh, sweet Bard. <laughs> yeah, it's like you should have gotten, gotten a contract, but I guess that wouldn't have helped either. It would have, it probably would have burned up in the fire that's true yeah (laughs) destroyed also true caused by the dragon thorin that your people released that i warned you to not do um anyway yeah so bard's just like seriously you told us that you would help us and now you're going back on our word and thorin's like yeah we will you know over my dead body you'll get this treasure and bard's just like disgusted by him and is like i can't believe this and he runs away and then they break down the and it's just like oh such symbolism they knock down the like statues of the kings outside erebor to barricade themselves in and like provide further defense and it's just like oh breaking down the legacy and memory of your forefathers to like in in a way that like i don't think they would approve I guess. I don't know. That scene actually really bothered me because it's just like so counter to everything that the dwarves are about. Just like they would never. There's no way. (laughs) Well, they would and they do. (laughs) In the movie. But I like have zero, zero ground for like the movies being canon. So if the dwarves in the books wouldn't do it, then the dwarves would never. And so the movie is wrong. Well, also, I think that I think it also is just showing how far Thorin has gone off the deep end that now he's doing these things that are uncharacteristic for him uncharacteristic for dwarves in general and so I think that's also just really showing us that like he's really like too far gone almost at this point what did I write <laughs> I wrote I just wrote down the music I don't know at what <laughs> point <laughs> at some point I really enjoyed the music um so yeah everyone's getting ready for battle I'm getting a little bit of like similar night before Helm's Deep vibes in Lake Town when it's just like all these like innocent people who are still recovering from a dragon attack and they're pulling off and the dwarves too they're all finding these weapons that are like covered in dust and rubble and cobwebs in Erebor uh we do we get the scene where Thorin gives Bilbo a mithril shirt and he puts it on and is like I look ridiculous I'm a hobbit I'm not supposed to fight and we get a little bit of the Shire music which Howard Shore just loves to like throw in every now and then to be like remember (laughs) (laughs) and like pull on your heartstrings a bit 
So this is when I, th- I think you mentioned earlier, Lark, that this, this scene is where like some foreign Bilbo ship moment happens um, between them. I think that was where Jesse, Thor- but yeah. Yeah. Oh, Jesse. Okay. Jesse said it. Thorin's like, this is a token, a sign of friendship. And then pulls him aside and it's like, I think one of them stole it. And then it's just like such a testament to like Bilbo's innocence that even Thorin in this crazed state hasn't even considered that maybe Bilbo has it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> even though Bilbo's like trying really hard to be a, like, yeah, I guess it was maybe it's one of the maybe it's one of those other guys. <laughs> 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 Definitely not me. Know. It wasn't I'm, me. <laughs> I'm just a hobbit. <laughs> um Oh, that's right. We have this really creepy moment where, because Bilbo's like, seriously, are we really going to go to war for this? This is insane. Can't we just give them some of their gold? You gave them your word. And Thorin, I don't know if this is supposed to be like Bilbo imagining it or if this is like how he actually sounds, but Thorin's voice and he's saying like, I will not part with a single coin of that treasure, um, I think might be a line that Smaug, like a direct line that Smaug said earlier. And then like his voice is kind of like meshing into the Smaug voice almost. I will not part with a single coin. Actually kind of what you mentioned earlier with the, like the Norse mythology where someone turned into a dragon right. from tre- from like cursed treasure. So we're like, kind of starting to get hints of that of like all right he's really losing it now this is terrible (laughs) we're gonna die in here yeah even without having seen the previous movie when thorin did that i was like oh i'm pretty sure that's something that the dragon said previously like that's the only thing that could be happening here that's actually what made me think of the the curse Mm -hmm. of fafnir um it's like oh yeah your your cursed gold is turning you into a dragon and then i was like was Smaug previously a person that got turned into a dragon by cursed gold? Interesting. Perhaps. I don't know. I'll be super interested to. I really. I. I'm not gonna look it up because I want it to be true. Here's the. Here's the <laughs> annoying thing about Tolkien, is that there's no room for fun theories like that because he filled in every last detail. I can, I appreciate that though. Can we, but like, can we not just have a little fun? Can we not just leave a few things up to the imagination? I don't know. As the creator of like a Harry Potter podcast, Jesse and I spend so much time being like, please give us any information about how this world works that like the tidiness of Middle Earth is so nice. I'm like, oh, there's so much information about how this world works. It's so lovely. <laughs> See, I like, uh, that's what I enjoy about Harry Potter is that you can come up with as many ridiculous theories as you want. And there's a good chance it could be true because there's room for those theories. And Tolkien is like, no, <laughs> there are no theories. There is my there is my word and God's word and nothing in between. There's still plenty of space for shipping, though. You just got to yes. put all of your energy into making them all kiss. <laughs> also, definitely a lot of room to talk about why the lack of ladies. Um, because Tolkien really just only thought about dudes. A lot of people like to aggressively tell me it's because he like didn't know any women 
<laughs> that like he because like he went to like an all boy boarding school or something and that like probably one of the only women he knew was his wife and i'm like but did he know any dwarves <laughs> did he know any yeah. elves <laughs> i don't i don't think he knew any hobbits or ints either um anywho <laughs> it's interesting because like one of the three women characters was you know the one that slays the nazgul they all have a names i'm A-O-N. like i don't mm-hmm. remember um i know <laughs> and which is very like oh cool you know but so like yeah the thing is that like he his female characters are very far and few between but for the most part when they do appear he does at least show some level of care and attention to them um i'm mostly literally just thinking of aowen and galadriel because yeah arwen barely shows up in the book at all um i guess i just think that he maybe just didn't think about women i think that's exactly potential characters in the world that he was building and maybe i think he just it just didn't occur to him at all that that could be a thing because that wasn't something that like they why am i defending (laughs) it's it's difficult because it's very much he was a product of his times which is why i think in more modern retellings it's up to the people adapting these modern retellings to add in the parts where tolkien would have been you know blinded to i would love to see an adaptation where someone ran with the theory that elves are the stand-in for women and so just all of the elves like all of (laughs) all dwarves are men all elves are women like that would be great sorry jesse i interrupted i go for that oh i was just gonna i was just gonna say i feel like what i would love to see is a colorblind casting of uh yes adaptation because it's like okay yeah so Tolkien obviously also didn't think about people of color because he was a white dude in England in the 30s or whenever Mm. he was a teacher at an exclusive, potentially still all-male university, you know? So, I'm just kind of like, but you don't have to, like, you have dwarves and dragons, like, throw in, throw in some, like, dwarves and, like, people who are not white. That's what I say all the time. And it's a it's a meme that it's that community meme where it's like, I can excuse racism, but I draw the line of animal abuse or something. Yeah. Um, and I've made my own version of that where whenever I've gotten like hate comments for stuff, it's always people being like, I can believe in dragons and talking trees and wizards, but I draw the line at women and people of color. <laughs> Didn't you know that there weren't? people of color in uh in like medieval europe and I'm women like, didn't yeah women didn't exist then either it was just men yeah neither does dragons men. dragons don't exist like you got like everyone <laughs> uh, so. um anywho so the next ridiculous plot line which is truly this scene is the true essence of that tiktok sound what happened to the original plot of the movie so much so that i forgot to include it in this week's chaotic movie summary legolas and tariel are outside of gundabad i don't know what their plan is (laughs) i don't know if they're intending to like charge in and attack and like take out everyone that is in there i don't know if they're planning to, like I don't know what they're planning. I don't know what they're doing there. Um, and 
Legolas. So he's explaining, he's like, this is the like fortress that leads to like the kingdom of Angmar, which is where the witch king is from, the witch king of Angmar. And he, <laughs> okay, so, so he says like, Tariel, tis a fell place. Then this is nine seconds of silence. I counted it. He <laughs> looks away and then he looks at Tariel and then goes, my mother died in there. <laughs> okay, but listen, he maybe he's thinking if I take her to this remote area and I'm a little bit vulnerable, let me bring out some surprise childhood trauma. Mm-hmm. Maybe she will go out with me. Actually, <laughs> he should have caught her a fish. You know what? <laughs> um, you know what? The dead mother thing worked for Faramir um, because in the book. When he and Awen are in the house of the healing, he gives her a cloak and he's like, it was my dead mother's. <laughs> you look beautiful in it. And I was just kind of like, that's odd. <laughs> could, could we not give her a cloak that's new and not from, doesn't remind you of your dead mother yeah. on the woman that you're romantically interested in? Yeah. So <laughs> I mean, she settles for him because he looks like Aragorn Light because they're both descended from the blood of Numenor. God. But here's here's the I thing. I love though, talking about Tolkien stuff because I realize how many of the words in there I've never said out loud. I'm like, <laughs> oh no, what's my tongue gonna do now? I know how it's spelled, but I don't know what to say. Uh, you're not wrong. Um, anywho, yeah. So <laughs> this that's all that happens in this scene. Tariel and Legolas show up to Gundabad. They're like, we attack at night or whatever. Legolas says, my mother died there. And then that's it. <laughs> and they just stay there and stake out the place for some reason. With no plan and no and again, No plan. No I don't know why they're there. I don't know what they're planning to do. Um, it was very apparent that they made them come. I don't know why they're there. Actually, it's not apparent. Nothing is apparent. <laughs> There's not a single parent here. Um Anyway, Gandalf, meanwhile, is just plowing through everyone in Dale with his horse and is like, get out of my way. I loved that scene so much. Gandalf is so (laughs) extra. And I was like, what the heck are you doing? Like, sir, calm down. But also, like, please continue because I'm really enjoying this. He's like, I'm a wizard, damn (laughs) it. (laughs) Move. (laughs) I'm important. Yeah. And what's that that TikTok set? It's from some sketch that I haven't seen the original one, but it's the move, I'm gay. Mm -hmm. But I'm just imagining move, I'm a wizard. Either works in this case, actually. Either works for Gandalf, yeah. yeah. Um, And uh, he comes to report to Thranduil and everyone that there's this legion of orcs and Thranduil is not taking his word for it. um, And he tells Bard... He's like, wizards are often really dramatic for no reason whatsoever. (laughs) And Gandalf is like, I mean, true, but not this time. (laughs) Which is hilarious because he is saying that wearing an extra long velvet cloak. (laughs) And he has antlers, a crown of antlers on his head. Which yeah. I love. I mean, I would like that look, but also... Oh, it's a beautiful look. Oh, yeah. you're talking about people being extra? <laughs> My dude. Uh, also... Pot calling the kettle black. Excuse me, sir. <laughs> also, I'm just, I was just also very amused that he was just basically like fake news Gandalf. And it's like, what? <laughs> Why would he make this up? <laughs> and this really 
Yeah, so he also, also, this really emphasizes that the two, like, elven leaders do not communicate with each other because Elrond, otherwise, like, Elrond and Thranduil could have been talking and Thranduil would have heard about Gandalf from Elrond and been like, oh, okay, Elrond trusts him. I should listen to him, too. This is one of those instances where if the characters had cell phones, it would be a much shorter story. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Can you imagine? Um, Like a lot of people would have been saved. Do you know this dude Gandalf? Like, send. Uh. So, um, Gandalf is like, we need to prepare for battle for this huge orc army to come because they're going to try and take back the kingdom of Angmar, which is like the last place, I don't, dark place, whatever. If they retake it, everything's doomed. Like, we're all going to fall. Rivendell, Mirkwood, um, even Gondor. Rohan, we there's nothing to do about them. They're already too far gone. We can't save them. <laughs> they but, have horses. They can just flee really quickly. So Whatever. I just found that funny. He lists off all of these places <laughs> and not Rohan. And it's because, like, meanwhile, I think Rohan is just, like, slowly falling into ruin and chaos. Um, anywho, yeah. So Gandalf is like, we can't let them take back the kingdom of Angmar because... That will be our ruin and everything, whatever. Thranduil is just such a... <laughs> he he says, so where is this orc army that you say is going to be here any minute? I don't see them. And we cut to the orcs. Azog says something about, like, the earth eaters or whatever. And we see those show up later at the battle. And they're basically the, these, like, giant worms. And then at Gundabad, this flock of bats floods out. And Legolas is like, those are bats for battle. Bat, hey, battles. Bat, 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 I'll leave. I'm, I'm, um, just, I'm just trying to think. I feel like battle bats is a thing that's like, say that. Maybe not three times fast. But I have to, I have to appreciate the orcs for being like, oh, the elves they had it under control. We're just going to tunnel right underneath them. Then what? And it's, it works, basically. <laughs> and it's like, no one was prepared for this. And I'm like, yeah, it's not a, not a bad strategy. Yeah. <laughs> and and then Legolas and Tariel see... Wait, hang on. Da, 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 da. Is this when they see... <laughs> Sorry. This is when I started getting really confused about... Well, honestly, a lot of things. Um, so anyway, okay. An army of orcs come out of Gundabad and Legolas and Tariel, not expecting that, they're like, okay, we got to go warn people. So here's here's what I don't get geographically. So Gundabad is supposedly like at the border of Angmar. So wouldn't they are? And that's where supposedly that's the that's the land that Gandalf just said the orcs and Azog and Sauron want to take back. But they just built up an army in Gundabad, which is in Angmar. So do they not already have that land back? That's a good question. And I'm not necessarily, you know, thinking you guys are going to be able to answer that for me. But I was just, I was like connecting these dots. and was Actually, no, I wasn't connecting the dots. I was just drawing the dots and trying to figure <laughs> out how to connect them. <laughs> you know, I was, I was wondering why when the orc army is going out, the front line is running. And I'm like, that seems like a very inefficient, like you could just be marching. Maybe they still have to 
they don't have it, so they have to still maneuver through whatever to get to the terrain or mountain. Yeah, that's maybe I just need to look up a map and be like, where is Gundabad? Where is Angmar? Because I thought I thought that it was like on the northern. It was like right next to the mountains where they already are. So in that case, this army would already be here. Yeah. So I don't under I don't understand. Cool, listeners. We are all three shrugging, or and we don't know. <laughs> um, yeah. The so next scene. Um, Elrond. Oh, wait, not Elrond. Thranduil. <laughs> Thranduil and Bard and everyone are still arguing. No one's listening to Gandalf. Um, and Gandalf turns to Bard and is like, "Won't you like like surely you won't stand for this? Like what like what are we gonna do?" And Thranduil doesn't necessarily want to listen to Gandalf because he thinks he's just trying to protect the dwarves because he knows that they are friends. And meanwhile, Bilbo sneaks out of Erebor and comes running over. Everyone is like, oh, the dwarves will give up eventually. And Bilbo's like, they will not give up. They will die in there out of pure stubbornness. And the look that Gandalf gives Bilbo when he shows up is so sweet because this man has not seen him since they went into Mirkwood before the spiders before being imprisoned and the barrels and everything and Gandalf is just so like happy to see him he's like a proud mother I don't know picking up their kid from their first year of college (laughs) being like you've grown so much (laughs) it's like you've grown and also you're still alive good (laughs) yes (laughs) yes yeah that That the smile that Bilbo flashes Gandalf which is like so cute that's actually my last my last note because it's just like he's like not even surprised to see him there he's just like oh that's how wizards do and he just gives him like these sweet like little like hey Gandalf I have something really busy like really important that I have to take care of super yeah. quick then I'm gonna be stoked <laughs> to see you hang on a second I'm just like yeah this is important right. yeah that being said it's way funnier in the book mm-hmm. because Bilbo sneaks out and brings the Arkenstone to the Elven King and Bard and is like, use this as ransom, blah, blah, blah. And then as he turns to head back to the mountain, this like cloaked figure comes over and is like, Bilbo Baggins. And it's Gandalf. <laughs> and it's so much funnier because that's the first time you see him in like over 100 pages. And like I said before, you're just like, where the hell have you been this whole time? I've almost died 20 times. Gandalf in that moment in the book is just very like, eh, what could you do? Anyway, see you tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. I do have a question, which is obviously the dwarves have been in the mountain a long time. What are they eating? <laughs> Cram, which is dwarf limbus. But not as good from my understanding. Correct. Yeah. Okay. But they also, it's only been a day in the movie. Yeah, it's only been a few days. So they also could just be living off of like whatever rations or food they packed. Because Lake Town sent them off with a flare. So they probably like sent them off with like food and, you know, supplies and stuff. So they're probably still surviving off of that. Okay. But definitely not for much longer. Yeah. So this next scene is hilarious. Thranduil is like, so... I hear you're the hobbit who released all of my prisoners. (laughs) (laughs) And Martin Freeman is just so good in this role. It's this like long, uncomfortable pause. And then he just like kind of mumbles. Yes. (laughs) Like under his breath. (laughs) And it's like, um, sorry about that. Um, anyway, so. (laughs) And this is also our really our first scene in a while where it's Bilbo with humans because he looks pretty normal size next to the dwarves 
But when they scale out and show him next to all the other men, I was like, he's so little. <laughs> <laughs> he's so tiny. I forgot. <laughs> So then this is where he pulls out the Arkenstone and is like, you need to use this as a negotiation piece. This is like the one thing he wants more than anything. And they're like, you would do like you would betray all of your friends or like, you know, you would do this for them. And he's like, no, I'm wait. No. What do they say? They say they say something that's like you would give up your treasure. And he's like, yeah, but. I'm not doing this to, like, save you guys. I'm not doing this for the treasure. I'm doing this for them because they're my friends. And he's like, dwarves can be annoying and dirty and stubborn (laughs) and mean and terrible. And they bully me all the time. And they eat all my food. And And then he also goes on a list of, like, nice things about him, about dwarves that I was like, I don't know if I necessarily saw any of those moments (laughs) between Bilbo and the other dwarves, but I'll take it. I'll take your word for it, Bilbo, that you like them now. Also, the, like, the nice things he says is, like, four things, and then the, like, (laughs) downside stuff is, like, a dozen things that he lists. (laughs) Yeah. Like, they may be generally terrible people to deal with on a day-to-day basis, but... They did keep me alive sometimes. He's like, but Feely and Keely are like pretty okay, so. Feely and Keely, they're pretty. And Bofur, he's nice to me. He's always looking out for me. And Thorin is hot. So anyway. (laughs) Yeah. Thorin's great to look at. (laughs) He gives them the Arkansone. Gandalf is like, you should take this opportunity and leave. Like, do not go back to the mountain. Get out of here. Do not be involved in this battle at all. No one needs to be here who shouldn't be here because that mountain and that treasure has an ill effect on everyone who comes near it. And then he says, well, almost like almost all. And then he looks at Bilbo and Bilbo like gives him that little sheepish smile, sheepish smile. Cause it's like the the purity of hobbits that like the evilness of this treasure did not affect him in any way. Mm-hmm. Gandalf orders Alfred to find Bilbo a room to stay for the night and tells Alfred to keep an eye on him and not let him leave. We know how that's going to go. Then they, they go off for the night and that is the end of this movie discussion for this episode (laughs) thank you guys for watching (laughs) battle of five armies (laughs) for the sake of this podcast (laughs) what did you think (laughs) it's i mean i think i think i think it was a mess i'm glad that i watched it so that we could have this discussion because i love tearing things apart so that's why i do it for a living you know yeah I mean, I have to say, I didn't totally hate it, which is what I was cool. surprised by. That's good. Um, <laughs> Battle so. of the Five Armies is my least favorite of these three movies. So I I don't care for this one. <laughs> I, I will say what I was surprised by is I, I love an action movie. I love an action scene. Is that the, for the, the second half of the movie, I was like doing other things. Because I'm like, I, there's just too many fight scenes. They're just not good enough to like keep yeah. Me attention uh which is a shame because again i love love a fight agreed and actually now that you mentioned that listeners the next two episodes will be exclusively about the battle of five armies (laughs) so many fight scenes lark what i think you should do though what you could do is skip to the very last 10 minutes of this movie so you can see Bilbo going back to the shire and they're like you are dead so we auctioned off oh my god actually the best actually that's that's like the best 
part of the trilogy. <laughs> well, Lark and Jesse, thank you guys so much for coming on and watching a movie that you guys had not, not previously watched. <laughs> I'm sorry to make you do that. Um, <laughs> um, where can people find you on the internet and what would you like to share with the audience? People can listen to The Gaily Prophet and Escape from Reality wherever they listen to podcasts. Escape from Reality is spelled E-S-G-A-Y-P-E. So escape with a gay. Um, and they can also find all of our stuff on our website, which is hashtag ruthless.com. And we're on social media. We're at The Gaily Prophet on Twitter and Instagram. So yeah, if folks want to check us out on our website and social media, we're doing a couple of exciting events for Halloween because Ooh. we are goths. And of course... I was going to say, is Halloween your favorite? I also enjoy a Halloween. Uh, yeah, yeah. Hall- Halloween is Halloween Halloween definitely haunt. my favorite. Definitely my favorite. So we're going to have a, a tea party on. We, we do very occasionally mad tea parties on Instagram live where we do Mad Libs that we write with our with our listeners and drink uh, tea. And probably this time we'll be wearing oh, costumes because it's Halloween. Uh, yeah, and then we're also selling tickets to an ex- our first ever virtual live show, which will be happening on Halloween. That's so fun. That's so awesome. Um, listeners, I will uh, leave all of that information in the episode description, so please make sure to go check all of that out. That's What I'm Talking About is a proud member of WBNE. You can learn more about the network by going to WBNE.org, where you will find all of our shows like Bacon and Eggs. Howdy, Yokes. I'm Tyler Carlin. And I'm Ethan Hill. And we host Bacon and Eggs, a movie lover's podcast. It's the most roll-your-eyes-I've-seen-it-before concept for a show. But with new hosts, I promise. Each week, we sit down together and watch a beloved movie. We start by looking at some critical and concrete points and let our conversation flow from there. We've covered all sorts of movies, from Jaws to Little Women. From the Lego Movie to the Lego Movie 2. From Marvel to Star Wars. From Back to the Future to Back to the Future Part 2. And tangents from our frustrations with fast food. To discussing our fear of the Mighty Loon. So if you want a podcast that makes you laugh, download Bacon and Eggs, a movie lover's podcast. With new episodes available every Thursday, wherever you get your podcasts, and now on WBNE.org. Ghostbusters 2! I, I, my, my hope and dream was that you would say that. The cover art is by Vaishon Brandon. You can support him on Instagram at Vaishon Designs. Vaishon also designed the merch for That's What I'm Talking About, which you can get by going to tpublic.com slash user slash pod. You can find the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at TolkienAboutPod. And you can find me on Twitter at MCWhatsUp and Instagram at MCTurnDownForWhat. You can support the podcast by becoming a patron. Go to patreon.com slash TolkienAboutPod to explore the different tiers and perks that are available. There's a newsletter perk that is available for patrons of all levels. I received a lot of wonderful feedback about the first newsletter and people really liked it. So I'm definitely going to enjoy doing more of those in the future. Or you can become a sponsor of the podcast like... Christina, Christina, my wonderful, wonderful friend. Thank you so much for all of your continued support of the podcast. If you like what you're listening to, please rate and review. It lets other people know, hey, this is a podcast that you should listen to. Next week, we will pick up where we left off around one hour and two minutes, and we will go to one hour and 36-ish minutes. It starts with the army standing outside the gates of Erebor, and it goes to Legolas and Tariel walking away from Thranduil. Guys, thank you again so much for coming on. Do you have any parting words for the audience? Wow, no, I cannot think of anything. (laughs) (laughs) No words, no words. just like how I feel when I see Galadriel put the ring on and turn into the girl from the ring. (laughs) And that's what I'm talking about. (laughs) 